Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio. We are your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris, broadcasting live as always from lovely Austin, Texas. A quick announcement. Um, number one, we are going to be, uh, because we've had a lot of you requests, that we move the show back by 30 minutes. We're going to start doing that um, very soon. That means that you'll be able to listen to us if you want to listen to us live. A lot of you will be able to listen to us while you're having lunch, which is great. Now, I know a vast majority of you listen to us in replay. When I say a vast majority, there's like, I don't know, three of you that listen to us live and like 5,000 that will listen in replay right away, 5,000 listen in replay the next day, that kind of thing. So I get it. But if you want to listen to us live, maybe now that that'll be a more convenient time for you. Second of all, I want to encourage you absolutely positively to email us with any show ideas, any folks you think we should be interviewing. If you think you would like to be interviewed, um, the way it works is you email us. If it's a show idea, uh, Julie and I talk about it. We talk about it with our producer, and then if it's something we can make happen, we'll make happen. Matter of fact, the theme of the shows that we've been doing for the last couple of days have been because I got a really nice email from a lady in Texas who was specifically saying, you know, I just, for the first time in my career, didn't get an, a listing. And I am uh, was listening to your radio show, and I'm realizing uh, that maybe it was because I was lacking versatility and she wanted some more help on uh, understanding the power of being able to use DISC in sales situations, So, which, by the way, is one of our upcoming points of today's show. Point is, is we listen. We care what you have to say, and we apply what we learn. So do definitely email us your show ideas or again, if you or someone you know might be a good uh, interview for the radio, definitely send it to either Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. We do take your emails and your feedback very seriously. And lastly, I want to remind all of you that we have at any time what we call coaching on demand or free coaching calls. And if you need any help, these are real honest-to-God coaching calls. The feedback we get from you guys after you've received a free coaching call is always great. Um, sometimes it's interesting because on the, those free coaching calls, the coaches are going to go through your numbers. They're going to go through, they're going to take a business approach to your real estate practice, and they're going to uncover, and sometimes you know, they're going to uncover things that, you know, frankly, maybe you haven't been paying attention to or in many cases you've been ignoring. And so, yeah, you're going to have some interesting emotional highs and lows on those coaching calls, but the end result is you're going to walk away knowing exactly what uh, your next step should be. And also remember, when you request a free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com, we give you uh, two of our books for free. We literally just send you a link, and you can uh, download them and read them. Um, the first one, the one that all of you seem to love, is Think and Grow Rich. Now, it is the original book by Napoleon Hill, but what we've done is we've updated it for real estate. So it's Think and Grow Rich for real estate. And we've also, um, our other book that we're going to give you is the Real Estate Treasure Map. The Real Estate Treasure Map is your business plan. Don't make the mistake of thinking that the only time you should be thinking about a business plan is the start of a year. You know, obviously that's a good time. But any time of year you can uh, you can do a business plan. And one of the things that a lot of top producers do, a little mindset thing for you, is they will actually start their fiscal year during their peak months and have it end at their peak month. For example, if 
I don't, you know, let's say your best month is traditionally for closings is, uh, let's say it's June. So why don't you, yeah, assuming you're using an accountant, assuming you're, you know, taking a business approach and you're using your real estate treasure map, which is our business plan, have your year actually start out in June and end in June. That way you start out in a great month and you end in a great month when you're doing your business planning. The mistake that a lot of business people, not just agents, make is that they follow the calendar. In other words, they'll emotionally start winding down at the end of the year, and then they'll slowly wind back up at the beginning of the following year, which leads to huge ups and flows, highs and lows in your cash flow. If you were to start at, it, say, your peak month and knowing your fiscal year was going to end on a peak month, then chances are you're not going to have those really radical and sometimes scary highs and lows. So, Julie, I think you had some coaching clients and some coaches, actually, that you wanted to acknowledge on today's show, correct? Yes, uh, specifically Deborah Hess, who is in Chicago. And Deborah, special shout-out to her because she is absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, on track to meet or exceed the $30 million in volume mark. Now, this is especially remarkable because it is a 40% growth year-over-year. And of course, nice. the you know the more you're doing, the harder that becomes, right? So if if you did three deals last year, doubling it, you know it's going to take some work, but it's not as challenging as if you did 40 deals last year and you're trying to double that. So as you become uh, more and more advanced, having leaps like that becomes more and more of a challenge. So a special shout out to Deborah Hess. If you guys have referrals for Chicago, she is your gal. Um, now, one might ask, how did that happen? Well, I would say. <laughs> from a coaching standpoint, number one, absolute relentless and urgent lead follow-up. Very critical that she's much more polished on that than before, much more systematic. She does stick to her schedule. She's great with time management. So a lot of these things have come together and settled in, and they're, they're not bizarre to her anymore. This is simply how she operates. So I have confidence that I could send her any type of deal from you know, a first-time buyer to a relocating executive. She even does some commercial deals. So versatility has been a big issue that she's been working on as well. So 40% increase. Kudos to you, Deborah. Keep up the good work. You know, Julie, I had, a, um, I had an opportunity. One of the coaches had a client that was somebody who was in one of these really sort of insulated, very expensive upper-end markets. And one of our coaches was having a problem making kind of like breaking through to this particular client. So I helped the coach out, and I did a free, well, you know, I didn't charge for it. I did a coaching call with this client, an extra coaching call with this client, in addition to their normal coaching uh, calls with their normal coach who works for us, and trying to find out exactly uh, what was their emotional, mental uh, roadblock. And it was interesting on that phone call how many times to different ideas and insights I tossed their direction uh, that they said no. I mean, they were saying no virtually for, in essence, almost in. They're saying no in different formats, right? Just straight up no, won't do it, or they're just kind of working my market. Exactly, constant negative feedback, unwillingness to grow. Which some of you guys are listening right now, and you're saying that person signed up for coaching. Well, they did because they knew intuitively that the no's that they were saying to the, uh, you know, outwardly were also resulting in them saying no to themselves, no to having a bigger, broader, you know, more expansive life, no for uh, being able to help more people, no to learning new things, no to having uh, more experiences. But this person, this agent in particular, was a multi-multi-millionaire selling multi-multi-million-dollar houses, had lived in this sort of golden cage for decades. And so mentally and emotionally they cut themselves off to the fact that there's nothing positive on the other side of no. So the homework I gave that person 
a coaching client, and then of course I told the uh, coach to hold him accountable to it, was play the yes game. And I, this just came to mind when I was listening to Julie describe Deborah Hess, because Deborah Hess is going to make a million dollars this year, or close to it. And what, what does that come from? It's come from her willingness to say yes. Yes to being a commercial real estate. Yes to working with referrals. Yes to probably doing some property management. Yes to uh, you know, not worrying about, oh my gosh, how am I going to balance my time? And, and yes to the idea that the more people you help, the better life that you'll have. So the yes game is in essence that for a day, if you can, you know, if, if that's all you can muster. Or for a week, anytime anyone asks you to do anything uh, legal, right, you're going to say yes to it. Right. If someone, right? If someone asks you to go on an appointment that you would normally say no to, you know, I had this, this, I had this issue all the time. Coaches have clients in, again, expensive areas, and these agents won't go maybe 30 minutes outside of their little, uh, their little area, okay? Mm-hmm. There is somebody who's, you know, 30 minutes away who wants to list their house, and uh, in many cases it's for a really nice number, and these agents won't leave their protected little, you know, again, gilded Unclaved. cage. <laughs> right. Yeah. They're constantly, they're starting to say, so what happens is we get to a point where we get complacent, we get lazy, but really where all these things are based on is fear. Fear is nothing more than manifestation of ego. In other words, when you get to a point where you start feeling yourself saying no to any new ideas, that will result in you helping people, that will result in you making money, you've got to really be introspective about that and say, what is it specifically that I am fearful of that's causing me to have this negative reaction? It doesn't make sense 99% of the time for you guys to be saying no to anything uh, when it comes for, to your professional advancement. Uh, you, we're not going to, this isn't a coaching rant, but the reality of it is, is the more you learn, the more you earn. And you know this, all of you know this by now, or you wouldn't be listening to this radio show. Along those lines, Miss Julie, the topic yes. of today's radio show. The topic of the radio show for the past couple of days is, oh, my gosh, well, this is the title we wanted to make it, but it wouldn't fit. Oh, my gosh, you lost the listing. Why did they list with the other agent? So we are on now on point number nine. And to listen to previous points, guys, go to listen to the past two days' radio shows. They are numbered, should be easier to, easy to find on Real Estate Coaching Radio. Or, of course, all of our shows are published on uh, Inman, which, by the way, we are offering you guys 30-day free access to Inman Select. Uh, so, Mr. Radio Show Producer, make sure you put a link in the show description so they can take advantage of that. You guys should definitely be subscribing to Inman if you want to sit, sort of dip your toes in the water before you make a commitment, which, by the way, it's only $200 a year anyway. But if you want to uh, test it for 30 days, go right ahead, read the articles. You'll instantly feel your real estate IQ rising when you become an In- Inman Select uh, subscriber. True. So, again, collect, uh, click on the link in today's show description and uh, get Inman Select for 30 days for free. So hopefully we're going to make your real estate IQ higher. Julie, point number nine. All right, perfect. So you didn't take the listing. We're talking about mistakes and how to fix that so it doesn't continue to happen to you. Point number nine, not closing at all. How do you know that you're not closing? Well, you find yourself walking out the door saying, okay, I'll follow up in a few days. I'll get back with you. That's not a close. Remember the definition of closing is the logical ending to a great presentation. So most of you that have issue with this is because you don't have or haven't had a great presentation. You didn't use a pre-listing package. You had some of the mistakes that we've already talked about so that closing is awkward for you. Those of you who are using standard canned presentations instead of asking questions, 
that creates this problem because you have objections at the end. You try to close. You freak out. You don't close. So not closing at all may be the number one reason that you are not taking the listing because you're leaving it hanging out there for somebody to close. So again, go through your past appointments. If you find yourself walking out the door saying, hey, I'll follow up, blah, 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 and, and a lot of you guys even forget to follow up. You went on a presentation, it's just hanging out there, and somebody else lists it because you didn't even follow up. So not closing, easy to correct. Point number 10, over-pre-qualifying. This kind of makes our coaches crazy, over-pre-qualifying. So usually what happens is we teach you to pre-qualify. You've got great pre-qual questions. You've got a script. But then you find an answer that isn't to your liking. So you use that as your excuse to not go to the listing appointment, and then you claim that you didn't want it anyway. Most common thing is the seller wanted a higher price because now you're asking them what price they have in mind. And the seller, which, by the way, pretty much every time you ever ask that, as long as you live in real estate, their price will be higher than yours. So expect that. But remember our discussion on that. What causes the seller to overprice? Ignorance of how to price a strange comp, the one high comp, maybe they, quote, have to get that to avoid being a short sale. You've got to dig deeper. So don't use your pre-qualifying script as an excuse to not go. Your number one criteria should be, do they have to sell? If they're motivated and someone's going to make a commission, it should be you. So point number 11, and this is actually quite a big point, and I'm going to ask Tim about some of these things in a second. Point number 11 you weren't prepared for any or all of the most common objections. So I'm going to rattle off the objections, and then Tim, let's kind of get into a discussion about how to work all of this so that they cannot fall into the objection trap. So big mistake, weren't prepared for any or all of the common objections. And part of what, what happens here is that if you know you're not prepared for objections, you oversell. You sell with blah, blah, or blah, 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 instead of just blah, because you're trying to talk long enough that they don't get the objections in, another related mistake. So what are the most common objections? I've never heard of your brokerage, or I'm considering a bigger name company or companies, some flavor of that. I'm going to probably list with the neighborhood expert, neighborhood specialist, the person who's been marketing my neighborhood. I'm considering listing with my friend. I'm also interviewing the agent who sold me the house. I'm not sure I can move since there's nothing for me to buy. That's a low inventory objection that not everybody has heard all the time, but that's propping up a lot. Why do I have the comps that you don't have? Sometimes it's a pricing thing. So, Tim, am I leaving out any other common objections? Every single objection you just rattled off and about a billion more um, okay. are always going to come from one thing, and that one, well, two things. Number one, you guys did not pre-qualify. You did not ask all the questions on the pre-qualification script. You did not. You do not know their motivation. You do not know how soon they want to sell. Um, you didn't go at number. And then after that, it's basically all about the pre-listing pack. The, again, I realize a lot of you, probably 30% of you, are newer agents, so you don't know. We have to be careful that we don't use terms you guys don't understand. A pre-listing pack is something that you send to a seller prior to going on an appointment that in essence, when done correctly and used as we prescribe, will do the selling for you. So what we did, and this was something Julie and I did like 20 years ago, is when we were selling real estate ourselves, is we started writing down all the objections that we were hearing. And it was always the same ones, but generally speaking, there are about seven to ten different objections or 
things that were uncomfortable when they come up on the listing appointment. And what we did is we then designed the pre-listing pack around what those objections were. Now, from coaching for longer than we've sold real estate, we've added some more, we've changed it, we've modified it, but in essence, the very nature of the content, the soul of the pre-listing pack has always remained the same. You send that to the seller prior to going on appointments, and you will find that when you get to the seller's house, when you follow our process, there isn't all that tension there from unanswered questions, or there isn't the uh, worry of the questions that the seller might ask that will put you back on your heels, right? So that is really the whole point of the system that we've developed. I'll tell you guys, uh, this is complete transparency for you. Though ultimately, the reason what got us to go and get when we were selling real estate. Now, we've, like I said, we've been coaching for you know full time since the late '90s. But when, when Julie and I were selling real estate. Uh, and we were going on listing appointments, it got to the point where we had too many listing appointments in a day and in drive time and all the rest of it. So we had to hire someone to go on listing appointments for us, right? So we had someone literally that we hired, her name was Lisa, that was going on listing appointments for us in some cases in addition to us in others. That's, that's what happened. So what we, and she was not a skilled salesperson. Matter of fact, she'd been a new build rep before. So we had to really tighten down on our pre-listing pack, really tighten down on our listing presentation. And after like maybe 30 days, she wasn't able to take as many listings as, say, Julie or I were, but she was able to take like 80%, where Julie and I would get close to 100%. And that was pretty damn good for somebody who had never sold real estate before. Why? Because she was able to use the pre-listing pack as we designed it. All the objections were answered and maybe even some of the sellers hadn't thought of prior to her getting the appointment. So when she got to the appointment, the biggest, stressiest sort of monsters that sometimes hide underneath the kitchen table as you're sitting there, um, they were already basically relieved. They weren't there. So it was fun. It was easy. The appointments last about a half hour. Um, and that's it. I mean, that's ultimately the, what, we, what evolved the pre-listing pack to the point that it is now. And we have heard at this point, I don't want to say thousands, but it's probably been thousands of times from uh, coaching clients who have used the pre-listing pack, who have reported the same results, agents who have no previous experience or very little, agents that have never had to compete before, which I know is most of you. You've only gotten your listings from centers of influence and past clients and all of that, and, that is the, and that's been good enough, and now you want to take your business to the next level, so now you have to learn how to be a professional listing agent. You have to learn how to compete. You have to learn how to sell. Well, this pre-listing pack will do most of the work for you when you use it like we ask you to use it. Coaching clients, coaches, make sure there's virtually no deviation from that specific aspect of real estate coaching essentials, which is the backbone of our coaching program, because it is so powerful when used correctly. So all these objections, all these fear-based things that Julie just rattled off, and like I said, we could come up with a lot more, but we don't want to freak you guys out. When you right. use the pre-listing pack, when you follow the listing presentation, when you use the pre-listing, uh, you know, the pre-qualification script prior to going on appointments, you do not have to worry about uh, correct pricing. You do not have to worry about uh, commission objection. You do not have to worry about the uh, why would I list it for you question. What You don't have to worry about the uh, you're not the neighborhood expert. I, won't, I want to list with the neighborhood expert. You don't have to worry about uh, I want to list with somebody who does a lot of international reload. You don't have to worry about, I want to list with somebody who specializes in my area or specializes in my price range or specializes in ranch properties or specializes in condos or all the other things that you guys have to deal with as listing agents. They're all dealt with for you 
via the pre-listing pack before you get to the seller's house. You get the point. <laughs> which which ties into the closing point, right? So when you've handled all of the objections before you get there, or at least 90% of them, it's not to say there won't be some hangover questions that they might need clarification on. That's okay. We train you on how to handle that. But 90% of the objections are handled, which means that you can honor the fact that closing means it's the logical ending to a, lot, to a great presentation. Your great presentation started with your pre-listing package. So when you've done that, all the objections are out of the way. Closing is a piece of cake versus those of you who do your standard approach. You do it the same way every time, and then you go to close, and then they throw the objections at you, which means you then, if you try to close at all, you're trying to close after you've been in contention with the seller. Of course, that doesn't work, which means you don't feel like trying to close, and that's why you don't take the listing. This was and, a and huge if, light bulb when we learned this. I remember well, when we were like, oh, that would be easier. And then we started doing it, and it's so much better. Well, but Julie, the reason the agents sometimes feel like they're being asked to be slimy or unethical or they feel slimy or unethical, if we're being honest, is mm -hmm. because they've used scripts that were essentially written, I mean, at this point, 30-some years ago, that yeah. were essentially designed to boiler room pressure the seller into signing the contract. Okay? Mm -hmm. That's why. When you guys are, you know, you're, a lot of you are avoiding going, becoming listing agents or really taking your skill set to become listing agents to the next level because you don't want to be that guy or gal. I get it. I wouldn't want to either, and I didn't. And we, di we didn't want to be that person, and we weren't that person. And because we didn't follow those old outdated, you know, techniques and scripts, which amaze me that are still being taught today, uh, because right. we didn't follow that, that in itself was one of the reasons that um, Julie and I were so successful having sold 100 houses our first year in real estate almost right out of college, individual single-family houses, not just some big condo subdivision. Um, and that's ultimately the reason so many of our coaching clients have had similar successes. It's because this is a, an approach that takes what the customer wants and puts that on the uh, front burner, not what you want, right? It's not about you. It's about them. Our society right now, guys, has shifted to being a, a, a society that, for the most part, and if you tune into this, you'll find things actually flow much easier. If you stop making everything about you, start thinking, have your prominent thought being, how can I give service to the person that is in front of me, that I'm talking to, that I'm everywhere you go, have your focus not be on yourself, not be about talking about yourself, but by asking questions, getting to know folks, and, and sincerely trying to help them. When you take that approach to life, not just to sales, everything becomes easier. People are so much more receptive to one of being around you, and let alone doing business with you. That is our uh, that is the, the, the mindset and the actual practical approach that we want you to take to selling. So if you've allowed your fears, and I'm not going to disagree with you, a lot of you have reason to be fearful uh, because you will be caught in situations where sellers will ask you questions you don't know the answers to, where you will have to do a little hustling, where you will have to do a little stretching of the truth. A lot of you have been basically dealing with that your entire careers because you haven't had a professional approach. Set all that aside. That is eroding your confidence. Every time you say something that you know is only marginally true, okay, let's just be honest here. Every time you stretch the truth about something, you actually make it so that you don't get to enjoy the success that you may or may not get from that 
particular sales opportunity. You take it away from yourself. You take it away from that client. You don't have to operate like that. You don't have to be even remotely sleazy to be incredibly successful. Matter of fact, I'll challenge all of you who think that you have to operate at any time in any way in the gray area of life. I'll suggest to you that the very reason that you're not more successful is because you think that's how you have to be, okay? That's a big mindset shift for some of you. Not all of you, maybe 10% of you, but still the 10%, hopefully I'm reaching you. Hopefully you guys can just embrace the concept of getting your skill set, raising it, becoming a true professional, following a proven system, and then, again, the mindset of being of service. You, com- you combine all those things. You are unstoppable. Julie? Okay, so how do you actually do something about this? Take action. Well, the easiest way to to take action always on anything that we present to you is to go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com. But let's get into the specifics of correcting some of your listing mistakes. Well, here's a secret. Do a lot of research on who your competition actually is. Now, this assumes that you use the prequal script where you asked if they will be speaking with other agents or if you will be there to simply get the house on the market If you find out it's other agents, ask, I'm curious, how did you decide on the agents you'll be interviewing? So the secret is to always research who that competition is. For example, who sold them the house? You can assume that if that agent is still in business, that they are probably a contender. Who actually markets to their neighborhood? Who did they say they were interviewing when you used your pre-qualification script? Is it you versus two other agents that say they are specialists at relocating executives and that's who you're going to be in front of as a relo executive? So find out the intel on who your competition actually is. Here's another secret. Always know the stats on those agents. What's their expired rate? How long have they been in the business? How many listings do they sell versus buyer sides? Do they have any suspensions to their license? Sometimes that takes care of that whole conversation, right? I, I remember once somebody said on an expired, never forget this, I uh, was asking them, you know, basically what happened. They said, well, it wasn't my agent's fault. He didn't have his license for the past 90 days. What? <laughs> right? That's a real conversation. So now, of course, the biggest mistake of all is not having enough lead generation in place to have tons of listing opportunity so that you can earn while you learn. So remember, you don't have to be perfect at all of this stuff But you do need to have the opportunity to be at practice, and you will be doing a great job helping people as you learn and you hone your skills. So again, fact, you don't have to be perfect at everything to be a successful listing agent, but you do have to be close to perfect on some things. Start to polish your listing skills by improving the following. Generating the lead in the first place. None of this makes any sense to you if you don't have enough appointments to practice this on. Following up to close for the appointment. No appointments, can't practice. Using a proven pre-qualification script. That's easy for our coaches to help you with. Freecoachingcallsforagents.com to get help on that. Sending a proven pre-listing package. Again, ask for help to get that done. Not using a pre-listing package absolutely prevents you from becoming a great listing agent. Using a proven but flexible listing presentation itself showing up on time or early, all of you can fix that, asking questions and delivering based on what the seller needs. We talked about that on a previous radio show. Remembering ABC, always be closing. Don't forget to close. Follow up relentlessly if you didn't walk away with the signature, so don't beat yourself up too hard if you do have to do that lead follow-up. Some sellers, and I remember hearing this quite frequently, some sellers that do the whole we have to think about it thing, 
they're actually basing their final decision on who actually follows up, how they follow up, how quickly they follow up, because they're actually testing to see how you handle that. If you can't follow Joy, up with them, they assume that you can't follow up with the buyers. Go ahead. But let's hover there for a second, because that's an objection you guys are going to hear probably 30% of the time. So we're going to give you a little added coaching on how to overcome that objection. Now, you have to be pretty damn confident to pull off what I'm about to say. Um, if, but if you use the script pretty closely, what I'm about to share with you, you'll find that it's actually easy. All right, so, Mr. Seller, now they'll, here's the objection. We have to pray on it. You'll hear that a lot. We have to think about it. We want to meditate on it if they're in California. We want to whatever, whatever, whatever. In other words, they're not willing to make a commitment to you at the time you're sitting there at the table, despite the fact you followed our listening presentation, despite the fact that, okay, now that will happen because why? There is still an objection in their minds that you have not rooted out yet. There is still something that's hanging them up. And because you have not asked a direct enough question yet, you have not followed our scripts, they're not yet willing to share with you what is really holding them up. That will happen. Now, when it happens, what I want you to do, whenever you hear that, whenever you have a listening presentation where they're not committing to you at the table at the time, I want your mindset to be, if it's a be back, in other words, call me back or I'll be back, uh, you will not get it because in most cases you won't. A be back or I'll call you back is a polite way of saying you're not getting it or you have not convinced me that you're the agent for me. That has to be your mindset. Now, here's the next step. Mr. Seller, Mrs. Seller, listen, I appreciate the fact that you want to think about it overnight. Now, since we're all here right now together, um, what are the things or what is the thing that you're going to be thinking about? Or what is it you're going to be, if they said praying on it, which you'll hear again, what is it you're going to be praying about? Or what is it that you need to be meditating on? Or what is it specifically, what is it that you will, that what questions remain unanswered in your mind that I did not sufficiently answer? And here's what their response will be. They'll say something to the effect that, oh, no, you did a great job. You've answered all of our questions. You know, you, you, you were without a doubt, they might even throw a compliment at you, right? You were without a doubt the best, most qualified agent we talked to. Okay, now here's what's going on. I've been in this situation personally so many times, I can tell you exactly what's transpiring in their minds. The reason that they're not committed to you is because they don't like your price or because they have some sort of personal connection to the other agent. When you got to the point where you followed our presentation, you've done the listing presentation correctly, you've used our Sharpie clothes, you've done everything correctly, and you're sitting there and it's about to be a be-back, ask that question. You know, we'll call you back tomorrow. We want to think about it. You know what? I really appreciate that. I really sincerely appreciate the fact that you guys are going to think about it. This is a big decision. But let me ask you, since all three of us are here now, what is it specifically that you're going to be thinking about? Because I've found that 99.9% .9 of the time when someone says what you just said to me, it's because I have not done a good enough job in answering the questions or, or helping you to make a decision um, and, and, I, and I frankly, I won't be able to sleep at night. So I won't, if, if you not, don't want me to get any sleep tonight, then, well, that's fine. But let me help you uh, answer whatever question remain un, uh, remains unanswered in your mind. So what is it? What, what, are the, what is the thing or the two or three things that you guys are going to be talking about? So pull it out of them. Oh, no, 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 no. You did a great job. You did it. Well, so, again, go back after them again and say, listen, again, I, I really appreciate it, you know, and I appreciate the opportunity to earn your business. I obviously have passion for helping folks like you sell homes, and this is definitely a home I could sell. And now I want you guys to go deeper. But I found that in situations like this, 
that when somebody is reluctant to move forward with me at the time that I'm here, it's because they either are not on the same page with me as far as price, which is fine, let's talk about it, or they maybe have an agent that they feel some sort of um, a social or familial obligation to list the house with them. Are either of those things the case? And just shut up and stare at them. And you'll find that one of those things is what's going on. And then you need to go back and review the CMA and talk with them about price. We don't have time on this radio show to help you guys go through all that, but that's where the issue lies. Now, if they're basically tied to someone and they're absolutely positively, for whatever reason, feeling obligated to listen to this other person, sometimes there's weird social things that will make those type. You know, maybe say, for example, you know, their uh, daughter's uh, gym teacher who taught her daughter how to play volleyball. And there's all kinds of, you know, you in situations like this, in some cases, people will not make the best business decisions because they feel obligated to other people. That's fine. Offer to co-list the property, worst case scenario. Now, here's another script that I'll give you guys as a bonus. Um, you know, Mr. Seller, Mrs. Seller, I was in a situation like this not too long ago with uh, a gal who was probably in her mid-80s. And I was sitting here talking with her, and we were at this very point in the same listening presentation. You know, she was ready to sign. And then she basically starts telling me about her neighbor that's two doors down that um, has a real estate license. And I thought, well, okay, I mean, you know, that's weird. She wouldn't have brought that up to me before. Um, is, she, is this her nice, polite way of telling me that she's going to list it with her after all? And so I asked her, I said, ma'am, um, are you, just so that I'm clear, and remember, she's in her mid-80s, so it's not like I want to put a lot of pressure on her. Just so I'm clear, are you thinking about listing your property with your neighbor down the way? And this is a neighbor that she'd been friends with for like 30 years. And, and this is me talking to the sellers, guys, so pay attention. So, so then that lady, she, she kind of gets off, off her chair, and I thought for a second, well, she was going to throw something at me. She was wearing glasses, and she takes her glasses off, and she stares me right in the eye. Mid, lady in her mid-80s, okay? She's probably like 80 pounds dripping wet. And she looks me square in the eye, and she says, Hell no, honey. I want somebody I can yell at. <laughs> I remember okay. that, and I remember you using yeah. that, and it's extremely effective. Well, okay, so that actually happened. I'm giving that yep. story to all of you so you can, can use it. I can borrow that. That, that is, you can have it. That is our gift to you. That is the ultimate fun way of helping folks realize the perils of listening with their friends and family members. You know, do you really want to be talking about your personal financial issues uh, over Thanksgiving turkey? No. Do you really want to be having um, a financial conversation uh, that didn't go well with the friend you have and have had for most of your life? No, it just doesn't make any sense. And they will respect that. They will appreciate that. They will understand that. I mean, would you have your would you have your best friend ever be your personal doctor? No, of course not. So you need to have separation of those things. That's how you maintain friendships, okay? When you give them those types of information and shift their thinking, you overcome that objection. So listen, guys, again, we're, we're over for the radio show. Hopefully we're motivating you to realize that everything <laughs> that you want from this industry, everything you wanted originally when you got your real estate license comes from becoming a listing agent. We are the only ones in the marketplace that are standing on the altar of become a listing agent. I get it. So many of you guys are confused. You're coming to us, oh, I want to form a team. I want to do buyer's agency. I want to buy leads. I want to be this. I want to be that. I want to be the other things. All those things have their place in the industry, 
but they all have to come after you guys being listing agents. And if they don't, then those other things will never work as well as they could have otherwise. Take the time, learn the skills, become the best possible listing agent you can. Julie, are you still on? I am. So, you know, the, the thing is, recognize that being a great listing agent is an acquired skill. So to move you beyond random friends, family referrals, you've got to seek out coaching on this so you can earn while you learn and not take too long to get there. There's an income cap to only working friends, family, and referrals. There's a reason that not every agent you know has a ton of listings. So get the skills necessary and you can take your business to the next level. It is our goal to turn all of you into powerful listing agents. 100% ratio is the goal, not going on four and taking two. The only reason you shouldn't take a listing is if you don't want it for some reason, which shouldn't happen when you're pre-qualifying. So that is our goal. The only question is if you are going to allow us to help you get there. Make that decision, and if you're not sure, just go to Free Coaching Calls for Agents and help us, freecoachingcallsforagents.com, and help us to help you. Okay, cool, guys. Um, We are going to talk with you uh, a little bit more about this topic on our next radio show, and then hopefully at that point we will 100% put behind you um, the most common reasons why agents don't take listings. Open your mind to the opportunity that is in front of you guys. Probably, chances are, there never has been and never will be another opportunity like there is now. We are giving you the tools. We are showing you the map. We are grabbing you by, in some cases, the back of your neck, in many cases your hand, and we are walking you, and sometimes it's jogging and sometimes it's dragging, to the road that you claim that you want to go down. Open your mind to what this is. This is an incredible opportunity. This is a blessed industry. We're all in this industry at the perfect time. All the wins that you're, are your back. All the demographics are perfect. There is no excuse for you not to be perfect or for you not to be wildly successful in this business right now. There are none. None. Zilch. It's all in your head. Take advantage of our offer of a free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com. In the meantime, we'll talk to you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.